Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Men Among Monsters, the Godzilla podcast with your host, Mike, which is me, Mike Mixtape. And along with me is my co-host, David B. How's it going, David B.? Hey, it's going good. How are you? Good, good. Tonight we are going to dive into the first American Godzilla with Godzilla 98. Yes, I'm excited for this. And uh, very excited for this particular one, too, because uh, we have a we have a guest today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You want to hype him up? Because uh, I can hype him up. You can hype him up, man. You can hype right. him up. This man has a particular set of skills. The skills that uh, might make him a nightmare to certain people in the schmodown. But he is a he is a he is a very intelligent person. Some like to call him numbers. We have the legendary Frank Janish. Frank, how are you doing today, bud? Wow, that was quite a build-up there. I don't know if I can live up to all that. I appreciate the nice <laughs> words, but uh, yeah, um, you know, it, honestly, it's still weird for for people to, to to refer to me as numbers or numbers or, or you know, however, whatever accent you want to put on that. But uh, you know, I love it nonetheless. But it's always it's always one of those things that I'm like, oh yeah, that that's how people refer to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I like to throw it in there. Let's let's make it in Spanish too. Numeros. Oh let's, hey, let's start calling you Senor Numeros. Oh, I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's catchy. That's really catchy. Which it, um, if, if I if I say El Señor de Numeros, that roughly translates to Lord of the Numbers, which also man, sounds pretty epic. Isn't that, like awesome. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Like back in the day, uh, I think was I think it might have originated with Take Three. I don't know if it was Kristen uh, Smith or someone over there that. Or Rossica, maybe um, someone else in the in, you know the Schmoville community came up with a stat lore, and I just superimposed my face over Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy and called him the <laughs> stat lore. That, that one was pretty cool, actually, too. That was pretty dope, too. I like it. In either case, uh, all those all those nicknames just it's just uh, pales in comparison to legitimately how much work you put into the stats and the numbers of everything that goes on in the uh, in the movie trivia Schmodown. Yeah, it's it's quite a lot, especially when you have tournament season rolling around and it's two different mm -hmm. divisions and three matches a week. Uh, you know, getting all that and then working with the website and, and making sure stuff is up there for people to peruse if they so choose. And uh, it's all a big labor of love, but uh, that's the key word, love. I love to do it anyway. So whether one person or a, a thousand people look at it or watch it, uh, you know, I can't help myself. I have to complete it. I'm a completist. So I, it's my own axe to care, uh, cross to bear. Is it? Yeah, that's that's the saying, right? Cross the bear. There it is. Yeah, there it is. You found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's a it's a legit honor and pleasure to have you here. I'm very excited to talk Godzilla '98 with with obviously with Mike, but especially with you. Um, before we get into it, I uh, I just want to know what's your uh, what's your what's your I guess back history with this film. What is it about this film that made you want to like? hang out with us and watch it. Yeah, so I, I, I recently watched it maybe, I don't know, at the time of this recording, maybe a few days ago, and uh, it was late, and I was like, you know, I don't really know what I want to watch, but uh, certainly something I've seen before, so I don't have to pay that much attention to it. And I was looking for a little bit maybe like nostalgia feels and um, some kind of atmosphere or a mood, 
And, you know, I was scrolling through Netflix and I saw Godzilla and I was like, you know what? That's it. That is it. That's that's the one. I don't know how I know it's the one, but I just know that it is for for that moment in time. And so um, I put it on and I just it's a 90s movie that I grew up with. And I remember all the promotional material and and the marketing material that they came out with, like Taco Bell and all that stuff. And it just kind of brings back the memories for me. And while it's not like, you know, the Citizen Kane (laughs) of movies or even Godzilla movies, um, you know, I, I still very much um, ha- it has a special place in my heart just because of childhood memories and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I there's just fun reasons to like the movie that I like the movie. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much why I, I can I can go back to it and just have fun with it. Yeah, I honestly for me, I'm it's kind of a similar backstory. Like I I, I really loved this movie as a kid, too. I, I don't remember the Taco Bell promotions, but I specifically remember. Uh, I think when it finally came out, like on 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 VHS, Blockbuster had like a promotion that like if you rented the movie or if like you bought the movie or something from them, they used to give you this cup holder. I don't know if you remember these like weird cup holders that you would put on the window of your car. Oh you, yeah, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. And I remember it, that. It, yeah, and it was it, and this cup holder was literally it was like it was it was the Godzilla from this movie. And I remember being so adamant and like being a typical like eight year nine year old kid at the time like crying to my parents but i want it and they bought it <laughs> for right. me and i just remember just like putting my water bottle there and being like yeah because <laughs> i remember like the taco bell stuff like it was just it was like your normal like uh cup like promotional movie cup whatever but like at the top of it was like a huge ass godzilla thing mm-hmm. and you like you're strawing through like his neck into the into the cup and that's the thing i remember the most uh, about uh the promotional stuff that's, uh, that, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm actually reading that on Wikipedia here about that. Uh, Taco Bell contributed to the marketing of the film with 20 million in media support. Um, mm. The marketing campaign featured commercials of the Taco Bell Chihuahua attempting to trap yeah. the monster in a box. Um, oh man! The toys include a 11-inch living Godzilla and a 21-inch tall Ultimate Godzilla. Um, uh, yeah, that was. I remember that too. I remember that so much and the teaser trailer alone was like so tempting it was like oh my god it's godzilla in america holy shit i can't wait to see it i was like eight years old when it came out so i was a little kid and i was like super excited to see it yeah they Um, very much played like a kind of like a a jurassic park in a sense yeah very much Mm -hmm. so very much inspired by that because uh same kind of feel um no, but I I do want to ask, what is your previous history with Godzilla as a whole outside of '98? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this would be it, guys. <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> I uh, I have never. I mean, I've seen clips from you know the other the other versions and you know the the old I don't know was it claymation you know battles and whatnot here and there, but I've never actually watched any other Godzilla movie. I'm sorry, Godzilla fans. Uh, this is really the only one I've ever watched. I know typical dumb American thing, but uh, yeah, that's it. And then I think, you know what? I almost, I almost watched uh, with the series that's on Netflix. I almost started. I wanted to, it looked interesting. And then I didn't. So <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spell everything out, but if you look on Wikipedia, the production history alone on this film 
is staggering because they had a, a original writing team, a different idea altogether, and a different director, and even like a different design. And it is worth a read if you want to really check into the behind the scenes of this movie alone. Yeah, so Frank, essentially the reason why we started this podcast was because uh, for me personally, my, my real history was just the American Godzillas up to this point. Godzilla 98, then 2014 to Godzilla, and then the recent uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I've just always been curious with like Toho Godzilla. Like I, When I was like a teenager, I really loved anime and all that stuff. So that's really the reason we started this podcast, to kind of s- discover Godzilla in a sense. So d- no shame in you. <laughs> only having seen this yeah yeah so and like I, I i definitely would like to go back and watch uh the gareth edwards one that's a 2014 one right and then yes. um yeah. and, and then the king of monsters um like i was i was actually like super hyped when i saw you know the trailers for that and i was like oh yeah definitely i'm gonna go back and watch the 2014 and then we'll watch this one because i had watched kong skull island and then um, I was oh, like, okay, right. eventually this is hopefully going to like merge and all that stuff. And so I was getting pretty hyped about it. And then I just <laughs> never did go see it. And, uh, you know, but maybe after this, I'll feel more inspired to go, you know, go do it. Well, uh, I'm sure eventually we'll we'll watch that movie on the podcast, too. Eventually, would not that I want to tie you down. You, you're more than welcome to say no, but if you do, oh, um, guys, I we, just we, you know, like, <laughs> I just kind of a long term. No, um. <laughs> listen, this date's going great so far, and I would really like to see <laughs> right. you again. Uh, no, totally. I mean, like, I would totally be up for if I can make it work and stuff. You know, who knows what the world's going to be like in the next mm-hmm. week or two, and yeah. you know, but uh, you know, if I can, I would definitely love to. For sure, yeah. we'll be right back as we watch Godzilla. 98. Listen, kid. There are two things you don't know about the Earth. One is me, and the other is Godzilla. And that was Godzilla 98. First impressions, thoughts. David, what do you think about the film? Oh, oh man. I had a blast. I legitimately had such a good time. I think what made it more fun, too, is like us being able to talk while watching through it. And just yeah. all, all the freaking references everyone pointed out consistently about the film. But uh, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is. Is it is it like true Godzilla? Eh. Not really, but I mean it's a it's a fun little romp. I don't I don't hate it. Uh, I know you recently just watched this as per to the recording, Frank. But what did you think of the film? Uh, so this is definitely a movie that is best viewed with a group of people. Now, mm. You can watch it by yourself, sure. It's probably it's 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 definitely a a movie I would put on if I'm working on something. It's a movie I would put on in the background just to have something going. Um, but it's not like I'm gonna be like pop it on, sit down, and just sit there for two hours and, and watch. Probably not gonna happen. But if like I'm with a group of people, or from, or like I said, I'm working on something, I'll definitely put it on for that. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun watching it with you guys and just pointing out little things, especially comparing it <laughs> a lot of the stuff to <laughs> Jurassic Park and just other '90s movies. 
uh, of that time that were kind of doing the same type of tropes, if you will. Uh, but so, yeah, so that that was fun um, watching the movie like that. Yeah, I have, I was just gonna say that I think with this film you gotta have to watch it with a group of people because it is that fun '90s blockbuster kind of feel to it, and it's got a lot of uh, even though Godzilla's not in it for that long, the action with it is pretty decent, and the human characters because we normally talk about the human element of the these stories and. It's okay. The human and the and the cast is pretty decent. And um Yeah, the human characters weren't awful or like pointless. They do drive the story forward. And uh I did I didn't find them most uh mildly entertaining. Um like the, the whole French CIA secret agent thingy was was pretty fun. And then, you know, uh Nick Tata Tapo Tapalupalupalupalus. <laughs> Uh, I think he was a pretty swell character. Uh, yeah, the humans weren't terrible in this film. Like compared no. to like most Godzilla, especially American Godzilla movies, like usually the humans are just like, yeah, the, they weren't bad in this film, in my opinion. Yeah, not not so bad. I was thinking of like the parallels between the 2014 uh, reboot as well, because yeah. there's some some little elements because like the 2014. One, they don't show Godzilla as much as in this one, because this film, uh, he's only uh, in it for 11 minutes. Uh, minus, minus the baby Godzillas. I think they, they had a lot of screen time at, at the end. So, And you pointed it out, too. And we were, I think me, both, and Frank were like, just 11 minutes? Really? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it's like, Godzilla movies aren't, I, I don't know, like, is it really about Godzilla or like, what's the deeper meaning? Like what's more of the message? Cause like, if you're not going to show, you know, the title character <laughs> for only for 11 minutes, you know, um, like, what is it like you're really trying to do with the, with this type of movie? I really, fe- I really feel that's, that's like, a, and, and, and Mike, I'll let you uh, say stuff after this, but I really feel that's like an American thing. Whereas like with the Japanese, Japanese films so far that we have seen, like he, like Godzilla is pretty prominent in the film. But then the thing too is like in the Japanese films, even like the the ones they made in the early two thousands, like everything, most everything was practical effects, so they felt more comfortable showing more of Godzilla. Like the third acts, almost for every film, are almost exclusively just Godzilla fighting the monster of that movie. Yeah, with uh, the Japanese films, they use suit actors to uh, it's like actual suits for Godzilla to fight against whatever monster of the film is. And yeah, it is American, I believe, because they're trying to set up a, mys- a mysterious mystique with the creature itself, you know, because and like if Frank actually did mention this as we were watching, this was the element of Jaws where they don't Jaws does not show up in the film until later on. So it's just kind of taking Jaws and applying it to Godzilla mm-hmm. in this sense. So I, I roll an Emmerich, I think, because like I said before, the production history alone in this film is staggering because, like I said, there was a set of writers beforehand. There was a different director before Roland even came into the picture. And Roland just came in and just like, you know, let me do the film. I'll scrap everything that was previously beforehand. I'll do it myself. And uh, he just took the creature and just like, you know, did what he wanted with it. Which is make a 
a two and almost half hour movie of him just dunking on you, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that became pretty evident as I kept on watching it. And I was like, and we started and we were kept and we kept on pointing things out. And it's like, wow, like the chewing gum bit, like <laughs> it makes us look more American. And yeah, back that every time, like a helicopter fired a missile, it, it would miss Godzilla and just blow up buildings. And yeah. So, Lateral damage the own U.S. military did to New York City is is appalling. Just the collateral damage from the military, the uh, <laughs> the chewing gum scene was hilarious. The uh, the uh, the joke about like all our coffee is god awful. It's atrocious. Right. Even our so called like like more international coffees. Like you said, this was French roast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, and it's just that's just like the tip of the iceberg. He's completely dunking on us. And it's it's actually quite great once you point it out. I was like, this is actually this makes it better for some reason. Um, kind of like with the the the, the movie in totality, though. Um, as the movie ends, I'm not really sure how how to feel. Like, are, are we supposed to feel victorious over this uh, animal that's like that's pretty much extinct? Now, or do we feel bad for? I mean, do we feel bad for Godzilla because it was killed? I mean, like, who who are we really rooting for in this movie? I don't really know. That's a good, that's a good point. You don't really latch on to any particular hero in the film because it's not really. It's it's a movie about incompetence, essentially, right? Or like, um, yeah, yeah, or like human human error, essentially, right? Because the whole point is like. Godzilla's this experiment gone wrong because of all the nuclear testing. And then it's just like we're trying to clean up the mess. And then trying to clean up the mess, we make an even bigger mess. So yeah. And by by the and, and their plan and their idea of cleaning up the mess, at least in the French the French's eyes, is to kill it. Yeah. So it's like I don't like I guess I'm, I'm you're supposed to feel for Godzilla, but at the same time, you do have Godzilla. You know, through no fault of its own, really, because it got brought into an existence due to, you know, crazy nuclear blasts and stuff. But it's trying to hunt. So you can't. But it's like you're not. Spo- but it's it's terrorizing a city. So I, I don't know, because then at the end, because of the military incompetence and, and, and politicians and all that and, and like the creepy, you know, newscaster who's hitting on, you know, their staffers and stuff like that. And <laughs> that was it's like, movie. yeah. These are all bad people. How can I root for them? Or they're not the greatest people. How do I root for them? You know? Yeah, that the whole newscaster bit was like that was like a little like it was played up for comedy, but it's like that's real. Like that happens. Yeah. And then we immediately have the exact same thing, but with the gender roles reversed. And it's like the the lady boss is hitting on Nick, and it's just kind of like yeah. but he takes it in straight, like, oh, she thinks I'm cute. Whereas like with like the guy, it's like creepy. So it's like it's like either way, I'm like I'm disgusted by both. Like you shouldn't be doing that. It's like a workplace. Right. So yeah, that was it. Was Roland just dunking on us some more? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I have noticed that Roland's known for disaster films, and this is mm-hmm. another case of Roland creating a disaster film with a monster. It's not a monster film. It's a disaster film uh, because Godzilla mm-hmm. in Japan is mostly monster films where you see the monster you know interact with the cities and other monsters here it's just like yeah roland took the concept of godzilla the main thing where he's created from nuclear blast and he's terrorizing that's what all it is 
uh, in do you root for Godzilla? You're supposed to, because in most Godzilla films, either Godzilla is portrayed as a villain or portrayed as the hero that uh, saves the city from other monsters. So here, he's basically the villain, but uh, you can't really sympathize with... You could, because he's laying eggs, and he's got babies. You know, once right. you kill the babies, you'd be like, oh, you got that feeling towards him that way but yeah you don't really root for anybody per se i mean maybe nick at the most as the un like he's very underrated hero that saves the day i guess i guess like is the message like believe your scientists (laughs) like (laughs) in this day and age yes that is the message (laughs) it's all about science it's all about science that's very true though i i think roland to me, it comes off like he was very much influenced by the 54 Godzilla. Because just Godzilla just terrorizing New York City, essentially, right? Mm. But yes. in, in a different way, because I, I, I feel like Roland wants us to empathize with Godzilla as an animal, as like just yeah. like an innocent animal. And it mm-hmm. to me, the clear indication is the is the score behind the film, right? It's like very sad, especially the very end. It's like this very like sweeping grand orchestral piece and it's like very like sad romantic music and then when he's dying it's like the heartbeat it's all completely science and all you hear is the pitter patter of the rain so it's supposed it's it's played up like it's supposed to be this very tragic ending and then we have immediately the crowd cheering and then all of a sudden triumphant music so it's right. kind of like yeah it's weird like that weird like who do you like it makes sense for the people to cheer because like finally this thing that's been terrorizing our lives is gone but in the context of like the film that Roland is, or at least in the message that I feel like Roland Emmerich's trying to give us, it is a little bit like, it is a little bit like. So you want us to feel bad for the for the animal, essentially, right? And like because of the other aspect is, yeah, there's 200 other baby Godzillas that we just blew up. Like mm-hmm. they didn't do anything wrong, right? They're just trying to exist and live and you know hunt and eat, and because that's what that's their natural instinct to do. Mm-hmm. But as a human civilization, uh, we can't have that in the world. We can't have 200, you know, Godzilla's um, running around New York city. And then eventually, you know, take over the world, become the superior species. And so then we have to put it down. And it's like, yeah. ethically, it's like, it's very, it, it, it makes it very messy to feel one way or the other about Godzilla and then feel one way or the other about the humans in the, in the story. So, it's a very confusing uh, to, to to follow or to pick sides, I guess. I was gonna say too, though, but but thinking about this more, again, and I don't I don't know if it's Roland's notes or if it's like the studio's notes, but it's very clear to me now. Thinking about everything we just said, Roland wants us to emphasize with Godzilla because the humans yeah. are very incompetent in the film. Like it, Godzilla's constantly outwitting them. He's hiding from them in New York City of all places, right? He's hiding from them. They're constantly missing the bullies. He's constantly outwitting them and destroying them. So it's it's very clear. Like, look at this intelligent, beautiful creature just trying to live, and look at these dumb, silly humans. So, but yeah, but yeah, it's weird. I don't feel like I don't feel like he's stuck to one side or the other. And I don't know if that's on purpose. I have no idea with that. Um, David, let's actually uh, go over the design of this Godzilla in particular because this mm-hmm. is not your typical Godzilla a design. Mm-hmm. Um, they went completely um, 
like we mentioned, it's an animal. That's what the, the intention was, was animal. It wasn't a monster, it's an animal. Because they took inspiration, of course, from iguana, which is an iguana that kind of gets uh, radiation from the uh, explosion to become Godzilla. Um, but it's got like frog legs. And okay, I was reading up on the design and um, the main character's last name, Nick, uh, is actually named after the production or the, the creature designer of the same name. So it was mm. kind of an homage there was kind of nice. But okay, the chin, <laughs> the chin of Godzilla. <laughs> I, I, once I read what the inspiration was, I can't unsee it. The okay. design of the chin was inspired by Shere Khan's chin from Disney's Jungle Book. Whoa. What? Really? I can totally yeah. see that, though. <laughs> yeah, because the designer was like, I liked that chin as a kid, you know? It's a oh, good design. my God. So, so Shere Khan from Jungle Book's chin is just like, every time you see Godzilla, it's like, ah, it's Shere Khan. It's Shere Khan. Dude, I can't unsee that now. That is legit, cause the the whole time, cause I was like legit looking up like iguana and like komodo dragon pictures. I'm like, oh yeah, I could see the design of that. But now that you say the chin, and I'm looking at it, I'm just like, holy crap! Uh, iconic chins, I tell you. I mean, um, but so with Roland, Roland with the Godzilla, like the only thing he kept that from the original was that fact of the origin of it. Everything else is completely, like, original. Mm-hmm. Um, his atomic breath is not even atomic. It's a powerful breath, as they call it, which he just blows, and it's just... It, it happens. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other things? I Oh, he can run very fast. That's what the things he said. It's like, you got to make him run fast through the city. So you see him running around the city. And, uh, of course, laying the eggs, which was important. Because uh, it's like, with a threat like that, you can't have additional babies. That would be horrible. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that... Because originally they actually wanted to do ca- uh, chameleon skin kind of camouflaging, which would echo um, Jurassic World, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But this is like 20 years before that. I know, but... But they scrapped that idea, so they didn't really do that. But I guess that's how they... And also, the the ability to dig or burrow under is the thing that uh, they added to Godzilla. So, other than that, it's just... Um, fans, of this, uh, fans of Godzilla in general would name this um, Gino, which is Godzilla in name only. Because it's not Godzilla to them. Ah, I see. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big reason I wanted to watch this film, uh, uh, Frank. Was because uh, this movie is, for the most part, universally hated by Godzilla fans. I can to- I can see that. <laughs> that to- legitimately Toho, the the actual company that owns Godzilla, bought the rights to this Godzilla, put him in a movie in Japan just to beat the crap out of him. No shit, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the movie's called Godzilla: Final Wars. Oh wow! Yes. I kind of want to see that now. That's how yeah. much this Godzilla's hated, where they're like, okay, we'll put him in a movie and just have our Godzilla destroy him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is that this film reinvigorated Toho, because at this point in 98, Toho was not making any Godzilla films. They wanted to um, 
they had like a hiatus break and they were going to make films in 2005. But because of this film, they're like, all right, we're going to make our own Godzilla again, reboot it. Uh, so Godzilla 1999 slash Godzilla 2000 came after the fact because of this film. So, so and uh, real quick, Mike mentioned that mind blowing fact too, that you told us about the mayor. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me mention that because Roland Emmerich added two characters, uh, the mayor and assistant, which are very much uh, lookalikes and soundalikes of Gene Siskel and Robert Ebert. Mm-hmm. The reason why is that uh, Siskel and Ebert gave negative reviews to Roland Emmerich's previous film, Stargate and Independence Day. And it was just a middle finger to, the, to them, just like, here you go, I'm going to put you in this film. And I told these guys this, and they're just blown away. They didn't catch it early on. Dude, I, I've never caught that. Like, and pl- I mean, I never really paid much attention to like those two characters really either. But when when you said that, like that, that's all I could see. That's all I can see. Yeah, and then I started noticing it's he's Mayor Ebert and Gene, the mayor's aide. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, holy crap! And then he just kept eating candy the whole time. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. And yeah, the thumbs down, the thumbs down at the end. Oh, the thumbs down! <laughs> that was great. Oh, I just, I didn't catch on to that, and then you mentioned it, and I remember me and Frank were both, our minds were, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, want to read all the reviews for this film, there's a lot to uh, read because they're mostly negative. Um, <laughs> e- Ebert did write a review for it and gave it one and a half out of four stars. Uh, where was the where is the uh, the quote I was looking for here? Uh, so they he compares it. There's a scene to Howard Hawks' original The Thing about you know scientists in Antarctic looking for the traces of a, of like an alien or something, mm-hmm. and then in Godzilla, the worm expert is standing in a deep depression, and the camera pulls back to reveal that he's standing in a footprint, which he would have already known, but there might be a way to reveal the astonishing footprint to the character in the audience at the same time, but that would involve a sense of style and timing and some thought Ooh. about Ooh. that function of the scene. Wow. Wow. Do you think, do you think uh, the mayor being called Ebert wasn't lost on Ebert? Like, I see you, motherfucker. No, <laughs> right? He, he, uh, where did it go? Uh, it says here, where the heck was it? Ebert also pointed out in his review that the characters Mayor Ebert and his assistant Gene was uh, the producer Devlin and Emmerich's jabs at his and Gene Siskel's negative reviews Stargate and Independence Day. So he does mention it in his original review if you want to check that out. Um, That's funny. It is. And they placed uh, it on the worst in 1998. Mm. Uh, there was another review that I was reading and I forgot where it was from. Oh, I think it was it was Rita 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 from the Washington Post and she's like it might <laughs> it might as well be titled Iguana gotta get you sucker. What <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I god. Said, if, if you wanna like spend time, read the reviews for this film because my god. <laughs> it's the the pettiness coming out of all of this is mm, it's just delicious yeah. it is you can't, you can't make this kind of drama up 
I mean, you got the critics saying it's bad. You got the um, you got the fans saying they hated it because it's not the true spirit of Godzilla, which, uh, and then also, mind you, other uh, actors of Toho Godzilla films also like didn't like it. It's not a terrible film. Like, is it a great film? No, but it's not. It's not the last Airbender. It's not, in my opinion, Clash of the Titans, the remake with uh with with Liam Neeson. It's not terrible. You know what I mean? Like, we had a great time. Yeah, it's way more fun with friends. You could just badmouth it the whole time. But yeah. it's like it's like Frank said too. And if you put it in the background, just kind of have it on. It's not a terrible watch. Like, there's way worse things out there. I don't. To me personally, I don't think the hate is warranted that much. But. Oh. I do have I do have a slight bias because I did love it as a kid too. So I'll admit <laughs> so that. one of the main facts that I've read over and over because I keep repeating in whatever source I'm reading, it uh, it's not like a big failure. It it made its money. It it's not a box office flop. It it was successful um internationally, I should say. Like worldwide, it was and it kept saying that uh compared to the 2014 Godzilla in it with inflation, it actually earned more than the 2014 mm-hmm. uh, film when it comes internationally, even though the 2014 film is more praised and more faithful to, you know, the source material at hand. Um, and I was reading that Sweden, <laughs> lo- the people in Sweden love the film a lot and they disregard the Japanese films. What? And, what? and there's a cult fan base in Hungary. And they celebrated the 20th anniversary uh, there, a big celebration there. So internationally, it is like celebrated. Godzilla but, 98? Yeah. Wow. I am not shitting you. Like, if you go to like, Sweden or Hungary, they'll just say, hey, we love that film. <laughs> and I just, I just ignore the Japanese films. Crap. Uh, easy. So, but, but for Godzilla fans, you know, both American and Japanese fans, they're just like, eh. So, talk, talk about counterculture where it's like this movie is universally, for the most part, it's universally panned, right? And then leave it up to the, uh, what is it, Hungarians and this, and this, and this, and Swedes. And you leave yep. it up to the Swedes to be like, we love it so much, nothing else exists outside of this. That's crazy. It is. It's crazy when you put that in perspective. Wow. Um, so, okay. the There was originally supposed to be a trilogy of these films. Yeah. So, because that's all I could think of. Because I think Roland said it was like, we have three stories. The second one was going to be a bit more broader than the first one. Third one makes a lot of sense. The proposed story for the second one was going to be that the hatchling um, was going to be in Sydney, Australia, wrecking havoc. Which, funny enough... When Toho bought the rights to this Godzilla, and named him Zilla because there ain't no god in it, um, they placed Zilla against Godzilla in Sydney, Australia, based upon that fact. Oh. So they kind of they kind of knew that fact, and they're like, "Let's just place Zilla wrecking Sydney, Australia," because that was going to be the sequel at hand. Hmm. And so instead of the the film sequel, what happened instead was Fox Kids did a animated sequel. Uh, called Godzilla the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually lasted two years, I believe, or two years or so. It was like 98 to like 2000, and it was two seasons worth of 
uh, episodes where basically they disregard like the ending and they just have the hatchlings grow into a Godzilla. Like one of them saves, uh, they grow into a full size, and that Godzilla actually like uh, fights against monsters every week in the uh, show. So they expand upon that. It's essentially like the Japanese uh, for the Toho versions of Godzilla, but made into an animated kids show. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Godzilla '98. Any other thoughts and uh, criticisms against it? I'll let I'll let our esteemed guest go for this one. <laughs> um, I think uh, as I was watching the movie, there was like things I would I would start to point out and then i was like you know what i can't think too hard about this movie because then i can just tear it apart um so i think my my final thought on it is just you have to go into this one uh into this movie just wanting to have fun like if you want to have a good time watching a movie that this is how you should approach this one don't go into it thinking well it could never do that or this would have happened or this that and the other because then you can easily point out stuff um that that are that wouldn't make sense but then again you know godzilla <laughs> itself doesn't really make sense so it kind of from the get-go it just begs you to just kind of just roll with it and, and enjoy the ride because that's that's definitely what this movie was and um i think for anyone uh who who i think I guess I would, I don't know about residents of New York, but people who love to visit New York, um, kind of like it, it quenched my, my appetite for wanting to go back to New York. Cause I love New York. Um, and even though it gets wrecked <laughs> in this movie, um, <laughs> by the super incompetent U S military, um, it's still, it's still kind of like a, a fun, just little, uh, brings you back there a little bit. And also it's one of the great, movies with rain just rain all the time yeah let me pop that in a little bit uh they used two million gallons of water to simulate that rain that's a lot of water and actually another another point david uh let me see if you remember this uh since they're trying to piggyback or homage the original 54 godzilla Mm. remember any rain in that film in the original Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was like uh, the beginning, right? When he goes into the village for the first time and they think it's a... Tsunami? Tsunami or a monsoon or something like that. So they put the rain in the film to homage the original film because I think it was Devlin, the producer, said, yeah, the original has a lot of rain in it. <laughs> and that's clearly false because it's only a few scenes in the original film. It's- it's literally yeah it's literally just one scene and that's the village and then there's no more rain so that's why they put the rain in the film because they were trying to homage the original Godzilla. <laughs> that's so dumb oh um fans fans thought they were just doing that rain to cover up these special effects uh that's, that's literally what that's literally what we thought roland yeah, actually studying it like at at night for the majority of it Roland actually denied that and said it would have been so much easier if we got rid of the rain to do the effects. <laughs> so they yeah, I believe that, yeah. So they were like in the hole with that. Um I wanted to mention that. But uh David, what are your final thoughts? That was that a producer note? 
that was like a producer's note, right? There's there's rain in it, so yeah, yeah, that's why so, they they homaged it. So dumb. But that 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 pretty much echoes like what Frank said. Like, don't go into this thinking about a logical monster movie. Just thinking of it, go into it, think it's gonna be a fun dis- destruction film. Like it's just a disaster film. Like it's yeah. Like if you try to think about like the <laughs> like I pointed out like the structural integrity of like Godzilla actually digging underneath New York City. Like, but you can't think about that. It's just a it's just a dumb, fun disaster movie that happens to have some monsters in it. And uh yeah, and even though like Roland I, I still feel personally now, Roland really tries to pull out the heartstrings for the monster, like the fact that there's there's no real coherent like theme and there's no one really to root for and most of the humans are pretty much incompetent except for the scientists uh like it's just there it's just the visual spectacle just be like ooh ah ooh over like maybe you could do it with a with a couple of friends it's even better man like the two what is it two hours and 18 minutes roughly the cut time mm-hmm. yeah it blew- it blew by quickly for me personally. And that's, I was just giggling it up with you two guys. So, I mean, yeah, just go into it, have fun. Don't think about it too much. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the issue with this film is that Godzilla fans are comparing it to the Japanese Toho Godzilla. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like the fan said, it's in name only. Mm-hmm. Um, take Godzilla out of the picture. Like, um, just like David echoed, uh, it is a disaster film. It is, it's a Roland Emmerich film. You've got to have fun with a Roland film like this. Um, imagine it as Independence Day or what have you, because it's fun. Um, the action's pretty decent. I will admit the score is a bit confusing at times because David Arnold, like he's a great composer. He's but he's known to compose the James Bond films, but David Arnold is just he's trying to make it like trying to make you feel for Godzilla. Yeah. I really I really feel like that that's that's a misdirection on the director's part on Roland's part. Mhm. And um yeah, just uh do that. But let's give it our official rating based upon our rating scale, David. Uh yes. if you listeners don't know what our rating scale is, it's our threat level scale. Uh level 0 white is you know it's so bad um level one <laughs> green eh, 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 it's a meh level two yellow it's a uh, decent very low like medium uh level three orange it's 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 good it's okay um average level four is red it's, it's a great film really good really good and level five is black which is like the greatest of all time which uh currently the original film is as at um so based upon our rating scale uh frank where would you want to place godzilla 98 at based upon what that would be um hmm that's I don't know. You said a lot there, but <laughs> um, <laughs> probably I, I don't know. I, I think I 
somewhere in the middle. I don't know, in the middle. It's. I feel like. So, uh, like, are you are you you're, are you grading the like Godzilla as a monster or like just the movie as a whole? Whatever that means for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, it could be in the middle, it could be in the bottom, it could be at the top. It's basically a totem pole of rating. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 w- I wouldn't. I mean, see, like, I at... think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go level one. Yeah, low, green. low, yeah, low. low. Do you uh, echo Frank's rating, I David? Can... I could see, I could see why he would give he would give it a level one. Uh, I don't. It's gonna be rough because I really have nothing to compare it to, so I, I might regret this. I I think I might go level two instead. But Ooh. again, it's it and part of it's all. I'll and I'll admit this. Part of it's bias because again, it's like a childhood nostalgia <laughs> thing for me. Uh-huh. Not, another part of it too is that I had such. I had such a blast watching this with you guys. That's that's probably affecting my rating. That sure. being that being said, if I do try to look at this as like quote unquote a Godzilla film, it isn't a Godzilla film. It's it is Godzilla in name, but it is it's for me it was fun. It wasn't great, but it was fun. So yeah, I would give it a I would give it a level two, but it'd be like a low level two, like like barely entering level two. <laughs> Still yellow though, okay, good to know. Um yeah, like the previous film we discussed and watched, uh, it, it was also a yellow rating, which uh, indicated that we kind of enjoyed it, but the human characters were lacking. Um, this film, however, uh, like I said, it's great to watch with friends. If you're watching alone, <laughs> watching it alone, it'd be a very low, like, white. But if you're with friends, <laughs> I, 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 I highly <laughs> recommend... Uh, I would agree with David, it has to be a slightly high yellow, like maybe a low yellow level two, because it has some things. It's not like above the top three ratings. It's in the bottom three, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. I think so, I think like, I, like honestly with friends. This is my honest take with friends. Level two by yourself, and you're legit trying to watch it. It might be like a level one. Yeah, I really think in this case the setting for me is kind of skewing my rating a little bit, but I don't care. So I'm still I'm sticking <laughs> with level two. It's care. definitely a lot more fun with, with with you know with people around. So I mean, yeah. I could be persuaded to a level two, but I mean, I think overall, I just I don't know. As as like I said, like I know exactly what I'm watching, and that's on me. Like so, <laughs> yeah. I will, so I, like I will, <laughs> but I can still be honest, be like that's eh, level one. <laughs> But that's on me for for you know for putting it on. Yeah, um, for us, we're just gonna label it uh, yellow level two because that's fine with Frank being level one green. Um, yeah, this has been Men Among Monsters. Frank, why don't you tell beautiful listeners out there where they can find you? Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FrankieJ29. And every weekend, I do the Schmodown Rundown podcast with Brad Gilmore. You can find that on the Movie Trivia Schmodown podcast feed, as well as on the SEN YouTube channel. Excellent, excellent. David, where can people find you? You can find me on all my socials at DavidBMusic21. 
And just like Frank, you can occasionally hear me on the Schmodown Entertainment Network and on the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown with the music I write for them. And a uh, little plug, I recently also released uh, a podcast um, called Speak Freely. If you guys could go check that out. It's currently only on YouTube, but it's another little podcast I started where it's it's just it's just literally me shooting the shit with one of my old high school friends. So, oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Mixtape. I retweet and tweet a bunch of random film stuff, which is fine. Television stuff, what have you. If you want to follow this network that this podcast is on, it's at Project Mixcast on Twitter and. If you're listening to this, it's probably going to be at anchor.fm slash Project Mixcast. Uh, you'll be able to find your other favorite podcast platforms as well. Just go and buy that link as well. And yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time stomping around watching Godzilla films. Yeah.